0: Rip it and rip it. Blurp. We're live. We're in charge. We're here. We're queer. We're reading Second Maccabees. This is the finale. Season three. Glasses are so shiny. This is Girl Talks Bandana. It's fucking hot. So <clears throat> um this has been fun. Uh it is it is fun when there are friends in the audience, but also it's a fun remembrance of discipline and discipline exercises. When there aren't friends here. Jackie Robinson pencil. <sighs> um Wow, procrastinating. My last season finale was the end of December, and um, my coworker got me these great notepads that I think are going to be great for notating the Bible. Um, so season three, wrapping up, and um, yeah, I don't know what's next. Uh, I have some friends who have suggested that I interview all my weird religious friends which I think is a must um, not every conversation with your friends the podcast makes but my friends are actually cool and interesting so that may be something that happens the trash cans over there now <laughs> I don't want to put it on the floor um, yeah it's been I mean we're kind of coming up on like The one year anniversary since I started going back to church and I was talking with a friend yesterday about how um I can't imagine not like I have I had a lot to do I'm going on a work trip for the next 18 days and uh, packed and then unpacked and then repacked and then did laundry, and then packed again. And First, I didn't have enough room for all my clothes, and then I didn't even have enough underwear to make it through the entire trip. Uh, so, <laughs> come hell or high water, I have to do laundry on the road. And this is me procrastinating. Um, so anyway, oh yeah, that's why I started telling that story, is that despite all of that, and stress, and anxiety, and everything that can be often hard to control Um, I still got up and went to mass this morning and it was a good one it's a a young father who's still learning the ropes but um, you know when the songs are good and the homily is good and forgiveness and prayer feel easy um, it always feels worth going when that kind of thing uh, really lands and happens so we'll see we'll see what season four has to hold um, I've got in addition to my three week trip coming up I've got a lot of work travel this summer so um, I have a lot of time on airplanes staring out the window and taking naps and dreaming about what the future holds so um, if you've been listening thank you if you're re-watching this feed afterwards God bless you. Um, And if you join me later, then uh, see you then. The second book of Maccabees. To the brethren, the Jews that are throughout Egypt, the brethren, the Jews that are in Jerusalem, and in the land of Judea, send health and good peace. May God be gracious to you and remember his covenant uh, that he made with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I'm so sorry about the beeping fire alarm. There's there's just nothing to be done. Um, I'm sorry. I hope it's not super annoying because it's super annoying to me. So if you stick with it, I appreciate it and I apologize. Um, but I just, the point of doing them live so I don't have to go back through and edit a two and a half hour podcast just to pull out the beeps. So I hear them. I recognize them. And I acknowledge they're there, and I heartily apologize. Drinks on me whenever I see you next, dear listener. To the brethren the Jews that are throughout Egypt, the brethren of the Jews that are in Jerusalem and in the land of Judea, and health and good peace, may God be gracious to you and remember his covenant that he made with Abraham and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, his faithful servants, and give you all a heart to worship him and to do his will with a great heart and a willing mind. May he open your heart in his law and in his commandments and send you peace. May he hear your prayers and be reconciled unto you and never forsake you in the evil time. And now here we are praying for you. When Demetrius reigned in the year 169, nice. we Jews wrote to you in the trouble and violence that came upon us in those years after Jason withdrew himself from the Holy Land and from the kingdom. They burnt the gate and shed innocent blood. That we prayed to the Lord and were heard, and we offered sacrifices and fine flour, and lighted the lamps and set forth the leaves. And now celebrate ye the days of Skenophagia in the month of Kasli, in the year Bone Hundred, that should say, 188. The people that is at Jerusalem and in Judea, and to the Senate and Judas, to Aristobulus. Er, Aristobulus, the preceptor of King Ptolemy, who is of the stock of the anointed priests to the Jews that are in Egypt, health and welfare. Having been delivered by God out of great dangers, we give him great thanks for as much as we have been in war with such a king. For he made numbers of men swarm out of Persia that have fought against us, and the holy city. For when the leader himself was in Persia, and with him a very great army, he fell in the temple of Nania, Nania being deceived by the counsel of the priests of Nania. For Antiochus with his friends came to the place as though he would marry her, and that he might receive great sums of money under the title of a dowry. And when the priests of Nania had set it forth, and he with a small company had entered into the compass of the temple, they shut the temple. When Antiochus was, came in, and opening a secret entrance of the temple, they cast stones and slew the leader, and them that were with him, and hewed them in pieces, and cutting off their heads, they threw them forth. Blessed be God in all things, who hath delivered up the wicked. Therefore, whereas we purpose to keep the purification of the temple on the five and twentieth day of the month of Caslu, we thought it necessary to signify it to you, that you may also keep the day of Ske. and the day of the fire that was given when Nehemiah offered a sacrifice after the temple and the altar was built. For when our fathers were led in Persia, the priests that then were worshippers of God took privately the fire from the altar and hid it in a valley where there was a deep pit without water and they that kept it safe, so that the place was unknown to all men. But when many years had passed, and it pleased God that Nehemiah should be sent by the king of Persia, he sent some of the posterity of those priests that had hid it to seek for the fire. And as they told us, they found no fire but thick water. Then he bade them draw it up and bring it to him, and the priest Nehemiah commanded the sacrifices that were laid on to be sprinkled with the same water, both the wood and the things that were laid upon it. And when this was done, and the time came that the sun shone out, which before was in a cloud, there was a great fire kindled so that all wondered. And all the priests made prayer while the sacrifice was consuming, Jonathan beginning and the rest answering. And the prayer Nehemiah's was after this manner, O Lord God, creator of all things dreadful and strong, just and merciful who alone art the art the god king well it says goad but maybe it's supposed to say god who alone art gracious who alone art just and almighty and eternal who deliverest israel from all evil who didst choose the fathers and didst sanctify them receive the sacrifice for all thy people israel and preserve thy own portion and sanctify it gather together our scattered people deliver them that are slaves to the Gentiles. And look upon them that are despised and abhorred, that the Gentiles may know that thou art our God. Punish them that oppress us and that treat us injuriously with pride. Establish thy people in thy holy place as Moses hath spoken. And the priest sung hymns till the sacrifice was consumed. And when the sacrifice was consumed, Nehemias commanded the water that was left to be poured out upon the great stones which being done there was kindled a dame from them, but it was consumed by the light that shined from the altar. And when this matter became public, it was told to the king of Persia, that in the place where the priests in the place where the priests that were led away had hid the fire, there appeared water, and with Nehemias and they that were with him had purified the sacrifices. And the king and the king, considering and diligently examining the matter, made a temple for it, that he might prove what had happened. And when he had proved it, he gave the priests many goods and divers presents, and he took and distributed them to them with his own hand. And Nehemias called this place Nephthar, which is interpreted purification, but many call it Nephi. Chapter 2 now it is found in the description of Jeremiah the prophet that he commanded them that went into captivity to take the fire as it hath been signified. And now he gave charge to them that were carried away in captivity. And how he gave them the law that they should not forget the commandments of the Lord and that they should not err in their minds seeing idols of gold and silver and ornaments of them. And with other such like speeches he exhorted them that they would not remove the law from their heart. It was also contained in the same writing how the prophet, being warned by God, commanded that the tabernacle and the ark should accompany him till he came forth to the mountain where Moses went up and saw the inheritance of God. And when Jeremiah came thither, he found a hollow cave, and he carried it in thither, the tabernacle and the ark and the altar of incense, and so stopped the door. Then some of them that followed him came up to mark the place, but they could not, and it. And when Jeremiah perceived it, he blamed them, saying, "The place shall be unknown till God gather together the congregation of the people and receive them with mercy. And then the Lord will shew these things, and the majesty of the Lord shall appear, and there shall be a cloud as it was also shewed to Moses, and he shewed it when Solomon prayed that the place might be sanctified to the great God." For he treated wisdom in a magnificent manner, and like a wise man, he offered the sacrifice of the dedication and of the finishing of the temple. And as Moses prayed to the Lord, and fire came down from heaven and consumed the Holocaust, so Solomon also prayed, and fire came down from heaven and consumed the Holocaust. And Moses said, because the sin offering was not eaten, it was consumed. So Solomon also celebrated the dedication eight days. And these same things were set down in the memoirs and commentaries of Nehemiah, and how he made a library, and gathered together out of the countries the books, both of the prophets and of David, and the epistles of the kings, and concerning the holy gifts. And in like manner, Judas also gathered together all such things as were lost by the war we had, and they are in our possession. Wherefore, if you want these things, send some that may fetch them to you. As we are then about to celebrate the purification, we have written unto you, and you shall do well if you keep the same days. And we hope that God who hath delivered his people, and hath rendered to all the inheritance, and the kingdom, and the priesthood, and the sanctuary, as he promised in the law, will shortly have mercy upon us, and will gather us together from every land under heaven into the holy place. For he hath delivered us out of great perils, and hath cleansed the place. Now as concerning Judas Maccabees and his brethren, and the purification of the great temple, and the dedication of the altar, and also the wars against Antioch the illustrious, and his son Eupator and the manifestations that came from heaven to them that behaved themselves manfully on behalf of the Jews, so that, being but a few, they made themselves masters of the whole country and put to flight the barbarous multitude, and recovered again the most renowned temple in the world and delivered the city, and restored the laws that were abolished, the law with all clemency shewing mercy to them. And all such things as have been uh, comprised in five books of Jason by Cyrene, we have attempted to abridge in one book. For considering the multitude of books and the difficulty that they find the desire to undertake the narrations of histories because of the multitude of the matter, we have taken care for those indeed that are willing to read, that it might be a pleasure of mind and for the studious, that they may more easily commit to memory, and that all that read might, uh, might receive profit. And as to ourselves, indeed, in undertaking this work of abridging, we have taken in hand no easy task, yea, rather a business full of watching and sweat. But as they that prepare a feast and seek to satisfy the will of others for the sake of many, we willingly undergo the labor, leaving to the authors the exact handling of every particular, and as for ourselves, according to the plan proposed, studying to be brief. For as the master builder of a new house must have care of the whole building, things; but he that taketh care to paint it must seek out fit things for the adorning of it, so must it be judged for us. For to collect all that is to be known, to put the discourse in order, and curiously to discuss every particular point, is the duty of the author of a history. But to peruse brevity of speech and to avoid nice declarations of things is to be granted to him that maketh an abridgment. Here then we will begin the narration. Let this be enough by way of a preface. For it is a foolish thing to make a long <laughs> prologue and to be short in the story itself. I love that. Two chapters of, of prologue. And they're like, you know, let's get to, let's get to it. We don't want to take too long with this prologue. And it's like, you know, a fifth of the whole thing. (laughs) Chapter 3. Therefore, when the holy city was inhabited with all peace, and the laws as yet were very well kept because of the godliness of Onias, the high priest, and the hatred his soul had of evil, it came to pass that even the kings themselves and the princes esteemed the place worthy of the highest honor and glorified the temple with very great gifts so that Seleucus, king of Asia, allowed out of his revenues all the charges belonging to the ministry of the sacrifices. But one Simon of the tribe of Benjamin, who was appointed overseer of the temple, strove in opposition to the high priest to bring about some unjust thing in the city. And when he could not overcome Onias, he went to Apollonius, the son of Tharses, who at that time was governor of Celesyria and Phanencia, And told him that the treasury in Jerusalem was full of immense sums of money, and the common store was infinite, which did not belong to the account of the sacrifices, and that it was possible to bring all into the king's hands. Now when Apollonius had given the king notice concerning the money that he was told of, he called for Heliodorus, who had the charge over his affairs, and sent him with commission to bring him the foresaid money. So Heliodorus... Forwith began his journey under a color of visiting the cities of Seleucia and Phoenicia, but indeed to fill the king's purpose. And when he was come to Jerusalem and had been courteously received in the city by the high priest, he told him what information had been giving, uh, had been given concerning the money, and declared the cause for which he was come, and asked if these things were so indeed. Then the high priest told him that these were sums deposited and provisions for the sustenance of the widows and the fatherless, and that some part of that wicked Simon had given uh, intelligence of belonging to Harkanus, son of Tobias, a man of great dignity, and that the whole was 400 talents of silver and 200 of gold, and that to deceive them who had trusted to the place and temple which is honored throughout the whole world for the reverence and holiness of it, was a thing which could not by any means be done. But he, by reasons of the orders he had received from the king, said that by all means the money must be carried to the king. So on the day he had appointed, Heliodorus entered in to order this manner. But there was no small terror throughout the whole city, and the priests prostrated themselves before the altar in their priests' vestments, and called upon him from heaven, who made the law concerning things given to be kept, that he would preserve them safe for them that had deposited them. Now whosoever saw the countenance of the high priest was wound in heart, for his face and the changing of his color declared the inward sorrow of his mind. For the man was so encompassed with sadness and horror of the body that it was manifest to them that beheld him, what sorrow he had in his hearts. Others also came hawking together out of their houses, praying and making public supplication, because the place was like to come into contempt. And the women... "'girded with haircloth about their breasts, "'came together in the streets. "'And the virgins also that were shut up "'came forth, some to Onias, and some to the walls, "'and others looked out of windows. "'And all holding up their hands towards heaven "'made supplication, for the expectation "'of mixed of the mixed multitude, and of the high priest "'who was in agony, would have moved anyone to pity.' And these indeed called upon Almighty God to preserve the things that had been committed to them safe and sure for those that had committed them. But Heliodorus executed that which he had resolved on, himself being present in the same place with his guard about the treasury. But the Spirit of the Almighty gave a great evidence of his presence so that all they had presumed to obey him, falling down by the power of God, were struck with fainting and dread. For there appeared to them a horse go horse. A horse with a terrible rider upon him, adorned with a very rich covering, and he ran fiercely and struck Heliodorus with his forefeet, and he that sat upon him seemed to have armor of gold. Moreover there appeared two other young men, beautiful and strong, bright and glorious, and in comely apparel, who stood by him on either side and scourged him without ceasing with many stripes. Arid Heliodorus suddenly fell to the ground, and they took him Uh, Up, covered with great darkness, and having put him into a litter, they carried him out. So he that came with many servants and all his guards into the aforesaid treasury was carried out, no one being able to help him, the manifest power of God being known. Oh, I lost my place drinking water. Oh, over here. And he indeed, by the power of Godly, speechless and without all hope of recovery. But they praised the Lord because he had glorified his place, and the temple that a little before was full of fear and trouble, when the Almighty Lord appeared, was full with joy and gladness. Then some of the friends of Heliodorus forthwith begged of Onias that he would call upon the Most High to grant his life, who was ready to give up the ghost. So the high priest, considering that the king might perhaps suspect that some mischief had been done to Heliodorus by the Jews, offered a sacrifice of health for the recovery of the man. And when the high priest was praying, the same young men in the same clothing stood by Heliodorus and said to him, Give thanks to Onias the priest, because for his sake the Lord hath granted thee life. And thou, having been scorned by God, declare unto all men the great works and the power of God. And having spoken thus, they appeared no more. So Heliodorus, after he had offered a sacrifice to God and made great vows to him, that had granted him life, and given thanks to Onias, taking his troops with him, returned to the king. And he testified to all men the works of the great God, which he had seen with his own eyes. And when the king asked Heliodorus, who might be a fit man, to be sent yet once more to Jerusalem, he said, If thou hast any enemy or traitor to thy kingdom, send him thither, and thou shalt receive him again scourged. If so be he escape, for there is undoubtedly in that place a certain power of God. For he that hath his dwelling in the heavens is the visitor and protector of that place, and he striketh and destroyeth them that come to do evil to it. And the things concerning Heliodorus and the keeping of the treasury fell out in this manner. Chapter 4. But Simon, of whom we spoke before, and of his country, spoke ill of Onias, and though he had incited Heliodorus to do these things, and had been the promoter of evils, and he presumed to call him a traitor to the kingdom, who provided for the city and defended his nation, and was zealous for the law of God. But when the en- uh, enmities proceeded so far that murders also were committed by some of Simon's friends, Onias, considering the danger of this contention, and that Apollonius, who was the governor of Celesyria and Phenicia, Phenicia, was outrageous, which increased the malice of Simon, went to the king, not to be an accuser of his countrymen, but with a view to the common good of all the people. For he saw that, except the king took care, it was impossible that matters should be settled in peace, or that Simon would cease from his folly. But after the death of Seleucus. When Antiochus, who was called the illustrious, had taken possession of the kingdom, Jason, the brother of Onias, ambitiously sought the high priesthood, and went to the king, promising him three hundred and sixty talents of silver, and out of other revenues fourscore talents. "'Besides this he promised also a hundred and fifty more, "'if he might have license to set up a place for exercise "'and a place for youth, and to entitle them "'that were at Jerusalem, Antiochians, "'which when the king had granted, "'and he had gotten the rule into his hands, "'forthwith he began to bring over his countrymen "'to the fashion of heathens, "'and abolishing those things which had been decreed of special favor by the kings in behalf of the Jews, by the means of John, the father of Eupolimus, <laughs> who went ambassador to Rome to make amity and alliance, he disannulled the law or the lawful ordinances of the citizens and brought in fashions that were perverse. For he had the boldness to set up under the very castle a place of exercise and to put the choicest youths in brothel houses. Now, this was not the beginning, but an increase and progress of heathenish and foreign manners, through the abominable and unheard wickedness of Jason, that impious wretch, and no priest. Insomuch that the priests were not now occupied about the offices of the altar, but despising the temple and neglecting the sacrifices, hastened to be partakers of the games, and of the unlawful allowance thereof, and of the exercise of the discus. And setting not by the honors of their fathers, they esteemed esteemed the Grecian glories for the best, for the sake of which they incurred a dangerous contention, and followed earnestly their ordinances, and in all things they coveted to be like them, who were their enemies and murderers. For acting wickedly against the laws of God doth not pass unpunished, but this the time following will declare. Now in the game that was used every fifth year was kept at Tyre, the king being present, the wicked Jason sent from Jerusalem sinful men to carry 300 drachmas of silver for the sacrifice of Hercules but the bearers thereof desired it might not be bestowed on the sacrifices because it was not necessary but might be uh, deputed deputed for other charges deputized <laughs> So the money was appointed by him that sent it to the sacrifice of Hercules, more like Jercules, (laughs) but because of them that carried it was employed for the making of galleys. Now when Apollonius, the son of Nestheus, was sent into Egypt to treat the nobles King Philometor, and Antiochus understood that he was wholly excluded from the affairs of the kingdom. "'consulting his own interest. "'He departed thence and came to Joppe "'and from thence to Jerusalem, "'where he was received in a magnificent manner "'by Jason and the city "'and came in with torchlights and with praises. "'And from thence he returned with his army into Phoenicia. Three years afterwards, Jason sent Menelaus, "'brother of the aforementioned Simon, "'to carry money to the king.' and to bring answers from him concerning certain necessary affairs but he being recommended to the king when he had magnified the appearance of his power got the high priesthood for himself by offering more than jason by 300 talents of silver so having received the king's mandate he returned bringing nothing worthy of the high bringing nothing worthy of the high priesthood but having the mind of a cruel tyrant and the rage of a savage beast Then Jason, who had undermined his own brother, being himself undermined, was driven out, a fugitive, into the country of the Ammonites. So Menelaus got the principality, but as for the money he had promised to the king, he took no care, when Sostratus, the governor of the castle, called for it. For to him appertained the gathering of the taxes, wherefore they were both called before the king, and Menelaus was removed from priesthood, and Lysimachus, his brother succeeding it, and so Traus was made governor of Cyprians of Cyprians. When these things were in doing it fell out that they of Tharsis and Malos raised a sedition, because they were given for a gift of Antiochus, the king's concubine. The king therefore went in all haste to appease them, leaving Andronicus one of his nobles for his deputy. Then Menelaus, supposing that he had found a convenient time, having stolen certain vessels of gold out of the temple, gave them to Andronicus, and others he had sold at Tyre and in the neighboring cities. Which, when Onias understood most certainly, he reproved him, keeping him in a safe place at Antioch beside Daphne. Whereupon Menelaus, coming to Andronicus, desired him to kill Onias. And he went to Onias and gave him his right hand with an oath. And though he were suspected by him, persuaded him to come forth out of the sanctuary and immediately slew him without any regard to justice, for which cause not only the Jews, but also the other nations conceived indignation and were much grieved for the unjust murder of so great a man. And when the king was come back from the places of Cecilia, Cilicia, the Jews that were at Antioch, and also the Greeks, went to him, complaining of the unjust murder of Onias. Antiochus, therefore, was grieved in his mind for Onias, and being moved to pity shed tears, remembering the sobriety and modesty of the deceased. And being inflamed to anger, he commanded Andronicus to be stripped of his purple, and to be led about through all the city, and that in the same place wherein he had committed the impiety against Onias the sacrilegious wretch should be put to death the Lord repaying him he deserved punishment now when many sacrileges had been committed by Lysimachus in the temple by the council of Menelaus (laughs) and the rumor of it was spread abroad the multitude gathered themselves together against Lysimachus a great quantity of gold being already carried away Wherefore, the multitude making an insurrection and their minds being filled with anger, Lysimachus, armed about 3,000 men, began to use violence. One Tyrannus being captain, a man far gone in both age and in madness. I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) Thanks. You have to take screenshots while I'm reading so I can post on the internet. But when they perceived the attempt of Lysimachus... Some caught up stones, some strong clubs, and some sh- uh, threw ashes upon Lysimachus, and many of them were wounded, and some struck down to the ground, but all were put to flight. And as for the sacrilegious fellow himself, they slew him beside the treasury. Now, concerning these matters, an accusation was laid against Menelaus. And when the king was come to Tyre, three men were sent from the ancients to plead the cause before him. But Menelaus, being convicted, promised Ptolemy to give him much money to persuade the king to favor him. So Ptolemy went to the king in a certain court where he was, as it were to cool himself, and brought him to be of another mind. So Menelaus was guilty of all the evil, was acquitted by him of the accusations, and those poor men who, if they had pleaded their cause even before Scythians, should have been judged innocent or condemned to death. Thus they that persecuted the cause for the city and for the people, and the sacred vessels did soon suffer unjust punishment. Wherefore, even the Tyrians, being moved with indignation, were liberal towards their burial. And so through the covetous of them that were in power, men allows continued in authority, increasing in malice to the betraying of the citizens. Posing for the thumbnail. Good for everyone who's listening to this podcast and not watching this stream. Go back and watch the stream. If you're listening to the podcast, go back and watch the stream. At the same time, Antiochus prepared for a second journey into Egypt, and it came to pass that through the whole city of Jerusalem for the space of forty days, there were seen horsemen running in the air in gilded raiment and armed with spears like bands of soldiers, and horses set in order by rank, go horse, and running one against another with the shaking of shields, and a multitude of men in helmets with drawn swords and casting darts, and glittering of golden armor and of harnesses of all sorts. Wherefore all men prayed that these prodigies might turn to good. Now when there was gone forth a false rumor as though Antiochus had been dead, Jason taking with him no fewer than a thousand men suddenly assaulted the city, and though the citizens ran together to the wall, the city at length was taken, and menelaus fled into the castle. But Jason slew his countrymen without mercy, not considering that prosperity against one's own kindred is a very great evil, thinking they had been enemies and not citizens whom he conquered. Yet he did not g the principality, it says g, yet he did not gee the principality, but received confusion at the tile end for the reward of his treachery and fled again into the country of the Ammonites. At the last, having been shut up by Artus, the king of the Arabians, in order for his destruction, flying from city to city, hated by all men, as a forsaker of the laws, and execrable as an enemy of his countrymen and country, he was thrust out into Egypt, and he that had driven many out of their country perished in a strange land." Going to Lacedemon, it says Lacedemon. It's probably Lacedemon. And if, for kindred's sake, you should have refugee refuge there, but he that had cast out many unburied was cast was himself cast forth both unlamented and unburied, neither having foreign burial nor being partaker of the sepulchre of his fathers. Now, when these things were done, the king suspected that the Jews would forsake the alliance. Whereupon, departing out of Egypt with furious mind, he took the city by force of arms and commanded the soldiers to kill and not to spare any that came in their way and to go up into the the houses slay. Thus there was a slaughter of young and old, a a destruction of women, children, and killing of virgins and infants. And there were slain in the space of three days, Four score thousand, forty thousand were made prisoners, and as many sold. But this was not enough. He presumed also to enter into the temple, the most holy in all the world, Menelaus, the traitor to the laws, and to his country, being his guide. And taking in his wicked hands the holy vessels, which were given by other kings and cities, for the ornament and the glory of the place, he unworthily handed and profaned them. Then Antiochus, going astray in mind, did not consider that God was angry for a while, because the sins of the inhabitants of the city, and therefore contempt had happened to the place. Otherwise, had they not been involved in many sins, as Heliodorus, who was sent by the king's cele- Seleucus to rob treasury so this man also as soon as had come had been forthwith scourged and put back from his presumptions but God did not choose the people for the places sake but the place for the people's sake and therefore the place also uh, itself was made partaker of the evils of the people but afterwards shall communicate in the good things thereof and as it was forsaken in the wrath of Almighty God shall be exalted again with great glory when uh, the great Lord shall be reconciled so Antiochus and so when Antiochus had taken away out of the temple a thousand and eight hundred talents he went back in all haste to Antioch thinking through pride that he might now make the land navigable and the sea passable on foot such was the haughtiness of his mind he left also governors to afflict the people at Jerusalem, Philip, a Phrygian by birth, but in manners more barbarous than he that sent him there. At Dengar, Gazarim, Andronicus, and Menelaus, who bore a more heavy hand upon the citizens than the rest. And whereas he was set against the Jews, he sent the hateful prince Apollonius with an army of two and twenty thousand men, commanding him to kill all that were of perfect age and to sell the women, the women and the younger sort. who, when he was come to Jerusalem, pretending peace, rested till the holy day of the Sabbath. And then the Jews, keeping holiday, he commanded his men to take arms. And he slew all that were come forth to see. And running through the city with armed men, he destroyed a very great multitude. But Judas Maccabees, who was the 10th, had withdrawn himself into a desert place and there lived amongst wild beasts in the mountains with his company and they continued feeding on herbs that they might not be partakers of the pollution. It's spelled Macabeus, Buse M-A-C-H-A-B-E-U-S. And I mean, I think it's probably just another spelling of Maccabees. So I'm going to say Maccabees because Maccabeus is a little like blah, 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 Chapter 6. But not long after the king sent a certain old man of Antioch to compel the Jews to depart from the laws of their fathers and of God and to defile the temple that was in Jerusalem and to call it the temple of Jupiter Olympius. uh-oh, and that in gezerim of jupiter hospitalis according as they were inhabited the place and very bad was the invasion of evils and grievous to all for the temple was full of riot and revellings of the gentiles and of men lying with lewd women And women thrust themselves of their accord into the holy places and brought in things that were not lawful. Yeah, o was is right. The altar was also filled with unlawful things which were forbidden by the laws. And neither were the Sabbaths kept, nor the solemn days of the fathers observed, nor did any man plainly profess himself to be a Jew. But they were led by bitter constraint on the king's birthday to the sacrifices, and when the feast of Bacchus was kept, they were compelled to go about crowned with ivy in honor of Bacchus. And there went out a decree into the neighboring cities of the Gentiles by the suggestion of the the Ptolemaeans that they also should act in a manner against the Jews to oblige themselves to sacrifice, and whosoever would not conform themselves to the way the Gentiles should be put to death. Then was misery to be seen. For two women were accused to have circumcised their children, whom, when they had openly led about through the city with the infants hanging at their their breasts, they threw down headlong from the walls. And others that had met together in caves that were near and were keeping the Sabbath day privately, being discovered by Philip, were burnt with fire because they made it a conscience to help themselves with their hands by reason of the religious observance of the day Hmm. now I beseech those that shall read this book that they be not shocked at these calamities I unfortunately am not shocked by these calamities spoiler alert more really terrible fucking things befall the Jews so no surprise actually Now we beseech those that read this book that they should not be shocked at these calamities, but that they consider the things that happened, not as being for the destruction, but for the correction of our nation. For it is a token of great goodness when sinners are not suffered to go on in their ways for a long time, but are presently punished. For not as with our nations, whom the Lord patiently expecteth, that when the day of judgment shall come, he may punish them in the fullness of their sins." Doth he also deal with us, so as to suffer our sins, to come to their height, and then take vengeance on us? And therefore he never withdrew his mercy from us, but though he chastised his people with adversity, he forsake them not. But let this suffice in a few words for a warning to the readers. And now we must come to the narration. Eleazar, one of the chief the scribes, a man advanced in years and of a comely countenance, was pressed to open his mouth to eat a swine's flesh. But he, choosing rather a most glorious death than a hateful life, went forward voluntarily to torment. In considering in what manner he was come to it, patiently bearing, he determined not to do any unlawful things for the love of life. But they that stood by being moved with wicked pity pity, for the old friendship they had with the man, taking him aside, desired that flesh might be brought, which it was lawful for him to eat, that he might make as if he had eaten, as the king had commanded of the flesh of the sacrifice, that by so doing he might be delivered from death, and for the sake of their old friendship with the man they did him this courtesy. But he began to consider the dignity of his age and his ancient years and the inbred honor of his gray head and his good life and conversations from a child. And he answered without delay, according to the ordinances of the holy law made by God, saying that he would rather be sent into the other world. For it doth not become our age, said he, to dissemble, Whereby many young persons might think that Eleazar, the age of fourscore and ten, was gone over to the life of the heathens. And so they, through my dissimulation and for a time of a corruptible life, should be deceived, and hereby should bring a stain and curse upon my old age. For though, for the present time, I should be delivered from the punishments of men, yet shall I not escape the hand of the Almighty, neither alive nor dead." Wherefore, by departing manfully out of this life, I shall shew myself worthy of my old age. And I shall leave an example of fortitude to young men, if with a ready mind and constancy I suffer an honorable death for the most venerable and most holy laws. And having spoken thus, he was forthwith carried to execution. And they that led him, and had been a little before more mild, were changed to wrath for the words he had spoken, which they thought were uttered, out of arrogancy but when he was now ready to die with the stripes he groaned and said "O lord who hast the holy knowledge thou knowest manifestly that whereas i might be delivered from death i suffer grievous pains in body but in soul am well content to suffer these things because i fear thee thus did this man die leaving not only to young men but also to the whole nation the memory of his death for an example of virtue and fortitude. Fortitude. Hmm. That's a good one. Chapter 7. It came to pass also that seven brethren, together with their mother, were apprehended and compelled by the king to eat swine's flesh against the law, for which end they were tormented with whips and scourges. But one of them, who was the eldest, said thus, Why wouldest thou ask or learn of us? We are ready to die rather than to transgress the laws of God received from our fathers. Then the king, being angry, commanded frying pans and brazen cauldrons to be made hot, with which forthwith being heated, he commanded to cut out the tongue of him that had spoken first, and the skin of his head was drawn off to chop off also the extremities of his hands and feet, the rest of his brethren and, and his mother looking on. And when he was now maimed in all parts, he commanded him, being yet alive, to be brought to the ar and to be, friend, to, to be fried in the frying pan. And while he was suffering there in long torments, the rest, together with the mother, extorted exhorted one another to die manfully, saying, The Lord God will look upon the truth and will take pleasure in us, as Moses declared in the profession of the canticle, and in his servants he will take pleasure. So when the first was dead after this manner, they brought the next to make him a mocking stock. And when they had pulled off the skin of his head with the hair, they asked him if he would eat before he was punished throughout the whole body and every limb. But he answered in his own language and said, I will not do it. Wherefore, I are also in the next place, receive the torments of the first. And when he was at the last grasp, he said thus, thou indeed, O most wicked man, destroy us out. Destroyest us out of this present life, but the King of the world will raise us up, who die for His laws in the resurrection of eternal life. After him, the third was made a mocking stock, and when he was required, he quickly put forth his tongue and courageously stretched out his hands, and said with confidence, "These." have from heaven but for the laws of God I now despise them because I hope to receive them again from him so that the king and they that were with him wondered at the young man's courage because he esteemed the torments as nothing and after he thus died they tormented the fourth in the like manner. And when he was now ready to die, he spoke thus, it is better, being put to death by men to look for hope from God, to be raised up again by him, for as to thee thou shalt have no resurrection unto life. And when they had brought the fifth, they tormented him. But he, looking upon the king, said, Whereas thou hast power among men, though thou art corruptible, and thou dost what thou wilt, but think not that our nation is forsaken by God. But stay patiently for a while, and thou shalt see his great power. In what manner he will torment thee and thy seed after him they brought the sixth and he being ready to die spoke thus be not deceived without cause for we suffer these things for ourselves having sinned against our god and things worthy of admiration are done to us but do not think that thou shalt escape unpunished for the mother for that thou attempted to fight against god now the mother was to be admired above measure and worthy to be remembered by good men who beheld seven sons slain in the space of one day and bore it with a good courage for the hope that she had in God. And she bravely extorted every one of them in her own language, being filled with wisdom and joining a man's heart to a woman's thought. She said to them, I know not how you were formed in my womb, for I ne- neither gave you birth, gave you breath nor soul nor life. Neither did I frame the limbs of every one of you but the creator of the world that formed the nativity of men and that found out the origin of all, he will restore to you again in his mercy both breath and life, and now you despise yourselves for the sake of his laws. Now Antiochus, thinking himself despised and withal despising the voice of the upbraider when the youngest was yet alive, did not only extort him by words but also assured him with an oath that he would make him a rich and a happy man. And if he would turn from the laws of his fathers and would take him for a friend, and furnish he would take him for a friend and furnish him with things necessary. But when the young man was not moved with these things, the king called the mother and counseled her to deal with the young man to save his life. And when he had exhorted her with many words, she promised that she would counsel her son. So bending herself towards him, mocking the cruel tyrant, she said in her own language, "'My son, have pity upon me.'" That bore thee nine months in my womb, and saved these suck years, and nourished these, and brought thee up unto this age. I beseech thee, my son, look upon heaven and earth, and all that is in them, and consider that God also made them out of nothing, and mankind also. So thou shalt not fear this tormentor, but being made a worthy partner with thy brethren, receive death, that in that mercy I may receive thee again with thy brethren. While she was yet speaking these words, the young man said, For whom do you stay? I will not obey the commandment of the king, but the commandment of the law which was given us by Moses. But thou that hast been the author of all mischief against the Hebrews shall not escape the hands of God. For we suffer thus our sins, and though the Lord our God is angry with us, a little while for our chastisement and correction, yet he will be reconciled again to his servants. But thou, O wicked and of all men, be not lifted up without cause with vain hopes, whilst thou art raging against his servants. For thou hast not yet escaped the judgment of the Almighty God, who beholdeth all things. For my brethren, having now undergone a short pain, are under the covenant of eternal life. But thou, by the judgment of God, shalt receive just punishment for thy pride. But I, like my brethren, offer up my life and my body for the laws of our fathers, calling upon God to be uh, speedily merciful in our nation, and that thou, by torments and stripes, mayest confess that he alone is God." But in me and in my brethren, the wrath of the Almighty, which hath justly been brought upon our nation, shall cease. Then the king, being incensed with anger, raged against him more cruelly than all the rest, taking it grievously that he was mocked. So this man also died undefiled, wholly trusting in the Lord. And last of all, after the sons, the mother also was consumed. But now there is enough said of sacrifices and of the excessive cruelties. Well, I'm glad that bit is over. The romanticization of martyrdom. That's all I have to say about that. I mean, it's like, it's so, it's so powerful. But also, I don't know. There were a lot of, like, young Christian people who were sort of convinced that the only way to prove you had faith in God was to, like, (laughs) get shot in a church by an atheist and refuse to say you don't believe in God so I don't know this is obviously different than that but these are powerful powerful prayers in moments of great trial and fear Etc., etc. Chapter 8. But Judas Maccabees and they that were with him went privately into the towns, and calling together their kinsmen and friends, and taking unto them such as continued in the Jews' religion, they assembled six thousand men. And they called upon the Lord that he would look upon his people that was trodden down by all, and would have pity on the temple, and that was defiled by the wicked that he would have pity also upon the city that was destroyed, that he was ready to be made even with the ground, and would hear the voice of the blood that cried to him, that he would remember also the most unjust deaths of innocent children and the blasphemies offered to his name, and would shew his indignation on the occasion. Now when Maccabees had gathered a multitude, he could not be withstood by the heathens, for the wrath of the Lord was turned into mercy." So cunning, coming unawares upon the towns and the cities, he set them on fire, and taking possessions of the most uh, commodious places, he made no small slaughter of the enemies. But especially in the nights he went upon these expeditions, and in the fame of his valor was spread abroad everywhere. Then Philip, seeing that the man gained ground little by little, and that things for the most part succeeded prosperously with him wrote to Ptolemy the governor of Cilicia and Phenicia Phenicia to send aid to the king's affairs and he with all speed, sent Nicanor the son of Patrol, Patroclus 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 one of his special friends it says special friends right there special friends one of his special friends giving him no fewer than 20,000 armed men of different nations to root out the whole race see this is the whole thing about ancient Greece is like just a bunch of like gay men conquering places and killing Jews but not because they're gay (laughs) sorry we've really gone off the rails here (laughs) good I hope so no fewer than twenty thousand armed men of different nations to root of the whole race of the Jews, joining also with him, Georgius, a good soldier and of great experience in matters of war, and Nicanor proposed to raise for the king the tribute of two thousand talents that was to be given to the Romans by making so much money of the captive Jews. Wherefore he sent immediately to the cities upon the sea coast to invite men together to buy up the Jewish slaves, promising that they should have ninety slaves for one talent not reflecting on the vengeance, which was to follow him from the Almighty. Now when Judas found that Nicanor was uh, coming, he imparted to the Jews that were with him that the enemy was at hand, and some of them being afraid and distrusting the justice of God, fled away. Others sold all that they had left and withal besought the Lord, that he would deliver them from the wicked Nicanor, who had sold them before he came near them. And if not for their sakes, yet for the covenant that he had made with their fathers, and for the sake of his holy and glorious name that was invoked upon them. But... Maccabees calling together 7,000 that were with him extorted them not to be reconciled to the enemies nor to fear the multitude of the enemies who came wrongfully against them but to fight manfully setting before their eyes the injury that had unjustly done the holy place and also the injury they had done to the city which had been shamefully abused besides their destroying the ordinances of the fathers. For, said he, they trust in their weapons and in their boldness, but he but we trust in the Almighty Lord, who at a beck can utterly destroy both them that come against us and the whole world. Moreover, he put them in mind also of the helps their fathers had received from God, and how under uh, Sennacherib a hundred and eighty five thousand had been destroyed. And of the battle that they had fought against the Galatians in Babylonia, how they, being in all but 6,000 when it came to the point, and Macedonians, their companions were a stand, slew 120,000 because of the help they had from heaven, and for this they received many great favors. With these words they were greatly encouraged, and disposed even to die for the laws and their country. But he appointed his brethren cap, over each division of his army, Simon and Joseph and Jonathan, giving to one, giving to one fifteen hundred men, and after the holy book had been read to them by Esdras, and he had given them for the watch for a watchword the help of God, himself leading the first band, he joined battle with Nicanor. And the Almighty being their helper, they slew above 9,000 men, and having wounded and disabled the greater part of Nicanor's army, they obliged them to fly. And they took the money of them that came to buy them, and they pursued them on every side. But they came back for want of time, for it was the day before the Sabbath, and therefore they did not continue the pursuit. But when they had gathered together their arms and their spoils, they kept the Sabbath, blessing the Lord, who had delivered them that day, distilling the beginning of mercy upon them. Then, after the Sabbath, they divided the spoils to the feeble and to the orphans and the widows, and the rest they took for themselves and their servants. Ancient Jewish Robin Hoods. They're all also hot in my mind. Duh. They all look like me, and they're all tall. And they're all very strong. I love it. I love it very much. When this was done, and they had all made a common supplication, they besought the merciful God to be reconciled to his servants unto the end. Moreover, they slew above 20,000 of them that were with Timotheus and Bacchides who fought them, and they made themselves masters of the high strongholds, and they divided amongst them many spoils, giving equal portions to the feeble, the fatherless and the widows, yea, and the aged also. And when they had carefully gathered together their arms, they laid them all up in convenient places. And the residue of their spoils they carried to Jerusalem. They slew also Philarches, who was with the Timotheus, a wicked man who had many ways afflicted the Jews. And when they kept the feast of victory at Jerusalem, they burnt Callisthenes, that had uh, set fire to the holy gates who had taken refuge in a certain house, rending to him a worthy reward for his impieties. But as for that most wicked man, Nicanor, who had brought a thousand merchants to the sale of the Jews, being through the help of the Lord brought down by them, of whom he had made no account, laying aside his garment of glory, fleeing through the Midland country, he came alone to Antioch, being rendered very unhappy by the destruction of his army. Yeah, dog. And he that had promised to levy the tribute for the Romans by the means of the captives of Jerusalem now professed that the Jews had God for their protector and therefore they could not be hurt because they followed the laws appointed by him. Now, if I recall correctly, Jesus also had his... First big introductory moment when Constantine used him as like a battle flag. Like he was warrior Jesus and warrior God. Because the small cannot conquer the mighty without divine guidance. The Jews cannot be hurt because they follow the laws (laughs) appointed by him. And I'm like, oh God, I don't follow all the laws. That's really what's stressing me out. Chapter 9. At that time, Antiochus returned with dishonor out of Persia, for he had entered into the city called Persepolis and attempted to rob the temple and to oppress the city. But the multitude running together to arms put them to flight and so it fell out that Antiochus being put to flight returned with disgrace now when he was come about ecbatana he received the news of what had happened to nicanor and to timotheus and swelling with anger he thought to revenge upon the Jews the injury done by them that had put him to flight And therefore he commanded his chariot to be driven without stopping in his journey, the judgment of heaven urging him forward, because he had spoken so proudly that he would come to Jerusalem and make it a common burial place for the Jews. But the Lord God of Israel, that seeth all things, struck him with an incurable and invisible plague. For as soon as he had ended these words, a dreadful pain in his bowels came upon him and bitter <laughs> torments of the inner parts. And indeed, very justly seeing he had tormented bowels of others with many new, many and new torrents, albeit he by no means ceased from his malice. Moreover, being filled with pride, breathing out fire in his rage against the Jews, and commanding the matter to be hastened, it happened as he was going with violence that he fell from the chariot. So th- <laughs> So that his limbs were much pained by a grievous bruising of the body. I love that the Lord God creator of the universe was like, I'm going to make him a poopy pants and then he won't go kill my chosen people. And when he does anyway, he chucks him out of a fucking chariot. Absolutely incredible. Super powerful stuff thus he that seemed to himself to command even the waves of the sea, being proud above the condition of man, and to weigh the heights of the mountains in a balance now being cast down to the ground and to poopy pants, was carried in a litter, bearing witness to the manifest power of God in himself so that worms swarmed out of the body of this man, and whilst he lived in sorrow and pain, his flesh fell off and the filthiness of his f- of his smell was noisome to the army. <laughs> and the man that thought a little too too before he could reach the stars of heaven no man could endure to carry for the intolerable stench and by this means being brought from his great pride he began to come to the knowledge of himself being admonished by the scourge of god his pains increasing every moment and when he himself could not now abide his own stench he spoke thus god is so petty i love it this is this is the best version of god where he's like plague one man plague and it's like he probably just like drank some bad water in the desert and that's how god got the plague all up in him it's amazing it is just to be subject to god and that immortal man should not equal himself with god yeah great advice Then this wicked man prayed to the Lord of whom he was not like to obtain mercy. And the city to which he was going in haste to lay it even with the ground and to make it a common burying place, he now desireth to make free. And the Jews whom he said he would not account worthy to be so much as buried But would give them up to be devoured by the birds and wild beasts, and would utterly destroy them with their children, he now promiseth to make equal with the Athenians. The holy temple also, which before he had spoiled, he promiseth to adorn with goodly gifts, and to multiply the holy vessels, and to allow out of his revenues the charges pertaining to the sacrifices. Yea, also that he would become a Jew himself, and would go through every place of the earth, and declare the power of God incredible. But his pains not ceasing, for the just judgment of God was upon him. Despairing of life, he wrote to the Jews in the manner of a supplication, a letter in these words, To his very good subjects, the Jews, Antiochus king and ruler wiseth much health and welfare and happiness. If you and your children are well, and if all matters go with you to your mind, we give very great thanks. As for me being infirm, but yet kindly remembering you, returning out of the place of Persia and being taken with a grievous disease, I thought it necessary to take care for the common good not distrusting my life but having great hope to escape the sickness but considering that my father also at what time she led an army into the higher countries appointed who should reign after him to the end that if anything contrary to expectation should fall out or allied bad tidings should be brought they that were in the countries knowing to whom the whole government was left might not be troubled moreover considering that neighboring princes and borderers wait for opportunities inspect what shall be the event i have appointed my son antiochus king whom i often recommended to many of you when i went into the higher provinces and i have written to him what i have joined here below I pray you therefore in request of you that remembering favors both public and private you will every man of you continue to be faithful to me and to my son for I trust that he will behave with moderation and humanity and follow my intentions will be gracious unto you. Thus the murderer and blasphemer being grievously struck as himself had treated others died a miserable death in a strange country among the mountains. But Philip that was brought up with him carried away his body and out of fear of the son of Antiochus went to Egypt to Ptolemy Philometor. Fucking amazing. I love it. Incredible. Such a good letter. Because he's also like shitting his brains out. He's got worms coming out of him and his skin is falling off. He's suddenly completely leprous and he's like, we gotta write a letter to the Jews and be like, bro... (laughs) Ah, I love this this is so good I'm glad you're here because it's really it's like being like taking I don't often take time to appreciate out loud uh, or I haven't been I guess I did when I was recording just the podcast Um, but but, uh, it's nice to have a guest because I can really like revel in the like the WTF of it all. Yeah, it's really good. Chapter 10. But Maccabees and they that were with him by the protection of the Lord recovered the temple and the city again, but he threw down the altars which the heathens had set up in the streets as also the temples of the idols. And having purified the temple, they made another altar, and taking fire out of the fiery stones, they offered sacrifices after two years, and set forth incense and lamps and leaves of proposition. And when they had done these things, they besought the Lord lying prostrate on the ground, that they might no more fall into such evils, but if they should at any time sin, that they might be chastised by him more gently, and not be delivered up to barbarians and blasphemous men. <laughs> Uh, I also love this very underhanded prayer they besought the Lord lying prostrate on the ground that they might no more fall into such evils but if they should at any time sin that they might be chastised by him more gently that's hilarious now upon the same day that the temple had been polluted by strangers on the very same day it was cleansed again to wit on the five and twentieth day of the month of Kestluh and they kept eight days with joy after the manner of the Feast of the Tabernacles, remembering that not long before they kept the Feast of the Tabernacles when they were in the mountains and in dens like wild beasts. Therefore they now carried bows and green branches and palms for him, him with a capital H, that had given them good success in cleansing his place. And they ordained by a common statute and decree that all the nation of the Jews should keep those days every year. This was the end of Antiochus that was called the illustrious. And now we will relate the acts of Eupator, the son of the wicked Antiochus, abridging the account of the evils that happened in the war. For when he was come to crown, he appointed over the fairs of the realm one Lysias, general of the army of Phoenicia and Syria. For Ptolemy, that Uh, was called Makur, was determined to be strictly just to the Jews, and especially by reasoning of the wrong that had been done them, and to deal peaceably with them. But being accused for this to Eupator, Eupator sounds like a medicine. Maybe it sounds like Lipitor. That's what it's reminding me of. Eupator, by his friends, and being oftentimes called traitor, because he had left Cyprus with Philometor had committed to him and coming over to Antiochus the illustrious had revolted also from him he put an end to his life by poison but Georgius who was governor of the holds taking with him the strangers often fought against the Jews and the Jews that occupied the most commodious hold received those that were driven out of Jerusalem and attempted to make war then they that were with Maccabees beseeching the Lord by prayers to be their helper made a strong attack Upon the strong, strongholds of Idumeans, and assaulting them with great force, won the holds, killed them that came in the way, and slew altogether no fewer than twenty thousand. <laughs> and whereas some were fled into very strong towers, having all manner of provision to sustain a siege. Maccabees left Simon and Joseph and Zacchaeus and them that were with them in sufficient number to besiege them, and departed to those expeditions which urged more. Now they that were Simon, were with Simon, being led with covetousness, were persuaded for the sake of money by some that were in the towers, and taking seventy thousand drachmas, let some of them escape. But when it was told Maccabees, what was Uh, Done. he assembled the rulers of the people and accused those men that they had sold their brethren for money, having let their uh, adversaries escape. So he put these traitors to death and forthwith took the two towers. The two towers. See, we're back. We're back on Tolkien. And having good success in arms and in all things, he took in hand and slew more than 20,000 in the two holds but timotheus who before had been overcome by the jews having called together a multitude of foreign troops and assembled horsemen out of asia came as though he would take judea by force of arms but maccabees and they that were with him when maybe he's maccabee because there are multiple maccabees brothers whatever i'm going to keep calling him maccabees But when it was told, Maccabees, but Maccabees, and they that were with him, when he drew near, prayed to the Lord, sprinkling earth upon their heads, and girding their loins with haircloth, and lying prostrate at the foot of the altar, besought him to be merciful to them, and to be an enemy to their enemies, and an adversary to their adversaries, as the law saith. And so after prayer, taking their arms, they went forth further from the city, and when they were come very near, the enemies they rested. But as soon as the sun was risen, both sides joined battle, the one part having with their valor the Lord for a surety of victory and success, but the other side making rage their leader in battle. But when they were in the heat of engagement, there appeared to the enemies from heaven five men upon horses, comely with golden briders, conducting the Jews two of whom took Maccabees between them and covered him on every side with their arms and kept him safe, but cast darts and fireballs against the enemy so that they fell down, being both confounded with blindness and filled with trouble. <laughs> the royal Maccabee. Yeah, exactly. And there were slain twenty thousand five hundred and six hundred and 600 horsemen. But Timotheus fled into Gazara, a stronghold, where Charias was governor. Then Maccabees and they that were with him cheerfully laid siege to the fortress four days. But they that were within, trusting to the strength of the place, blasphemed exceedingly and cast forth abominable words. And when the fifth day appeared, twenty young men of them that were with Maccabees, inflamed in their minds because of the blasphemy, approached manfully to the wall and, pushing forward with fierce courage, got up upon it. Baddies moreover others also getting up after them went to set R to the towers and the gates and to burn the blasphemers alive fuck yeah dude and having for two days together pillaged and sacked the fortress they killed timotheus who was found hid in a certain place coward and they slew also his brother charius and apollo fannies, fannies. oh go horse Hold on, let me finish. And when this was done, they blessed the Lord with hymns and thanksgiving, who had done great things in Israel and given them the victory. (laughs) (laughs) Go horse is Bojack Horseman's license plate on the Tesla he gets as a gift for being nominated for an Oscar. And I'm wearing the horse shirt. Go horse. Chapter 11. Thank you. I love my shirt. This is my new favorite shirt. Go horse. Chapter 11. A short time after this, Lysias, the king's lieutenant and cousin, who was the chief charge over all the affairs, being greatly displeased with what happened, gathered together fourscore thousand men. Will you Google what fourscore is? And all the horsemen and came against the Jews, thinking to take the city and make it a habitation of the Gentiles and to make a gain of the temple and as of the other temple of the Gentiles, and to set the high priesthood to sail every year never considering the power of God but puffed up in mind and trusting in the multitude of his foot soldiers and the thousands of his horsemen and his four score elephants so he came into Judea approaching to Bethsura which was in a narrow place the space of five furlongs from Jerusalem he laid siege to the fortresses but when Maccabees and they that were with him understood that the strongholds were besieged, they and all the people besought the Lord with lamentation and tears. Oh, 84 score? Oh, so scores 20? Good to know. What? I mean, I know. I've heard I've heard that part before, but I don't know what it meant. <laughs> this is the only book I've ever read, so. My name is Jared. I'm 19 years old, and I don't know how to read. Four score elephants. Eighty elephants. So he came into Judah and approaching to Beth Shura, which was in a narrow place, and the space of five furlongs from Jerusalem, he laid siege to that fortress. <laughs> and when Maccabees and they that were with him understood that the strongholds were besieged, they and all the people besought the Lord with lamentation and tears, and that he would send a good angel to save Israel. Then Maccabees himself, first taking his arms, extorted the rest to expose themselves together with him to the danger and to succor their brethren. Succor their brethren. And when they were going forth together with a willing mind, they appeared at Jerusalem. I don't know if these are typos or not. Maybe that's supposed to say Jerusalem. A horseman going before them in white clothing, with golden armor, shaking a spear. Go, fucking horse. Then they all together blessed merciful God and took great courage, being ready to break through not only men, but also the fiercest beasts, walls of iron. So they went on courageously, having a helper from Peven and the one who shewed mercy to them, and rushing violently upon the my, the lion's... And rushing violently upon the Mai, like lions, they slew of them eleven thousand footmen and one thousand hundred horsemen, and put all the rest to flight, many of them being wounded, escaped naked. Yea, and Lysias himself fled away shamefully and escaped. And as he was a man of understanding, considering with himself the loss he had suffered in perceiving that the Hebrews could not be overcome, true, because they relied upon the help of Almighty God he sent them. And promised that he would agree to all things that are just, and that he would persuade the king to be their friend. Then Maccabees consented to the request of Lysias, providing for the common food and all things, and whatever Maccabees wrote to Lysias concerning the Jews, the king allowed of. For there were letters written to the Jews from Lysias to this effect, Lysias to the people of Jews greeting, John and Absalom who were sent from you delivering your writings requested that I would accomplish those things which were signified by them therefore whatsoever things could be reported to the king I have re- represented to him and he hath granted as much as the matter permitted if therefore you will keep yourselves loyal in affairs hereafter also I will endeavor to be a means of your good. But as concerning other particulars, I have given orders by word, both to these and to them that are sent by me, to commune with you. Fare ye well. In the year 148, the four and twentieth day of the month of Dioscors, and the king's letter contained these words, King Antiochus to Lysias, his brother, greeting, a father being translated amongst the gods, we are desirous that they that they that are in our realm should live quietly and apply themselves diligently to their own concerns. And we have heard that the Jews would not consent to my father to turn to the rights of the Greeks, but that they would keep their own manner of living, and therefore that they request us to allow them to live after their own laws. Wherefore, being desirous that this nation also should be at rest, we have ordained and decreed that the temple should be restored to them, and that they may live according to the custom of their ancestors. Thou shalt do well, therefore, to send them, send to them, and grant them peace, that our pleasure being known, that they may be of great comfort and look to their own affairs. But the king's letter to the Jews was in this manner. King Antiochus to the senate of the Jews and to the rest of the Jews greeting, If you are well, you are as we desire, we ourselves also are well. (laughs) Menelaus came to us saying that you desired to come down to your countrymen that are with us we grant therefore a safe conduct to all that come and go until the thirteenth day of the month of Zantikus that the Jews may use their own bind of meats and their own laws as before and that none of them any manner of ways be molested for things which have been done by ignorance and we have sent also Menelaus to speak to you fare you well and the year 148 the fifth day of the month of Zanthicus, Xanthicus. Xanthicus. The Romans also sent them a letter to this effect. Quintus Memmius and Titus Manilius, ambassadors of the Romans to the people of the Jews greetings whatsoever. Lysias the king's cousin hath grants you we also have granted but touching such things as he thought should be referred to the king. After you have diligently conferred among yourselves send someone forthwith that we may decree as it is convenient for you, for we are going to Antioch. <laughs> and therefore make haste to write back that we may know of what mind you are, fare you well. In the year 148, the 50th day of the month of Xanthicus, Xanth, 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 Xanthicus, 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 I always try to put a little you know, Hercules' flare on it. Thantiechus. chapter 12. When these covenants were made, Lysias went to the king, and the Jews gave themselves to husbandry. But they that were behind, namely Timotheus and Apollonius, the son of Genius, also Hieronymus and Demophon, and besides them, Nicanor, the governor of Cyprus, would not suffer them to live in peace and to be quiet, the men of Joppe also were guilty of this kind of wickedness. They desired the Jews who dwelt among them to go with their wives and children into the boats, which they had prepared, as though they had no enmity to them. Which, when they had consented to, according to the common decree of the city, suspecting nothing, became of the peace. When they were gone forth into the deep, they drowned no fewer than two hundred of them, but as soon as Judas heard of this cruelty done to his countrymen, he commanded the men that were with him, and after having called upon God, the just judge, he came upon those murderers of his brethren and kicked the shit out of them, I hope, and sent the haven set the haven on fire in the night, burnt the boats, and slew with the sword that escaped from the fire. Fucking lit. <laughs> this guy's my fave. And when he had done these things in this manner, he departed as if he would a turn, return again and root out all the dropites. And when he understood, and when he understood, and when he understood that the men of Jemnia also designed to do in like manner to the Jews that dwelt among them, he came upon the Gemnites also by night, set the haven on fire with the ships, so that the light of the fire was seen at Jerusalem 244 longs off. And when they were now gone, from thence nine furlongs and were marching toward Timotheus 5,000 footmen and it says says A-V-E with a capital A I'm guessing it's supposed to be five 5,000 footmen and 500 horsemen of the Arabians set upon them and after a hard fight in which by the help of God they got the victory the rest of the Arabians being overcome besought Judas for peace promising to give him pastures and to assist him in other things and Judas, thinking that they might be profitable indeed in many things, promised them peace. And after having joined hands, they departed to their tents. He also laid siege to a certain strong city, encompassed with bridges and walls, and inhabited, and inhabited by multitudes of different nations, the name of which is Kasphene. But they that were within it, trusting in the strength of the walls and the provision of the victuals, behaved in a more negligent manner and provoked Judas with railing and blaspheming and uttering such words as were not to be spoken. But Maccabees, calling upon the great Lord of the world, who without any rams or engines of war threw down the walls of Jericho in the time of Joshua, fiercely assaulted the walls. And having taken the city by the will of the Lord, he made an unspeakable slaughter, so that a pool adjoining of two furlongs broad seemed to run with the blood of the slain. From thence they departed 750 furlongs and came to Taraka, to the Jews that are called Tubionites. But as for Timotheus, they found him not in those places, for before he had dispatched anything he went back having left a very strong garrison in a certain hold but Dositheus and sophipater saucipater who were captains with maccabees slew them that were left by timotheus in the hold to the number of ten thousand men and maccabees having set in order about him six thousand men and divided them by bands went forth against timotheus who had with him a hundred and twenty thousand footmen and 2,500 horsemen. My question is, where are all these people coming from? Because the world was not very big back then. And so the idea that, like, time and time and time again, he's slaughtering 100,000 people is like, that's that's all of them. That's, like, all the people. Now, when Timotheus had knowledge of the coming of Judas, he sent the women and children and the other baggage before him into a fortress called uh, Carnion, for it was impregnable impreg, impreg, impregn, impregnable is that really how that's said? and hard to come at by reasons of the straightness of the place is that what this says? Okay. too much bourbon, it's too hot I need to clean my glasses the straightness of the places. But when the first band of Judas came in sight, the enemies were struck with fear by the presence of God, who seeth all things. And they were put to flight one from another, so that they were often thrown down by their companions and wounded with the strokes of their own swords. But Judas was vehemently earnest in punishing in punishing the profane, of whom he slew thirty thousand men. And Timotheus himself fell into the hands of the band of Adositheus and Sosopater, with many and with many prayers he besought them to let him go with his life, because he had the parents and brethren of many of the Jews, who, by his death, might happen to be deceived. And when he had given his faith that he would restore them according to the agreement, they let him go without hurt for the saving of their brethren. I'm going to plug my computer in real quick. (laughs) Brethren, brethren, brethren. Faith hurt brethren. Then Judas went away to Carnium, where he slew five and twenty thousand persons and after he had put to flight and destroyed these he removed his army to ephron a strong city wherein there dwelt a multitude of divers oh diverse nations and stout young men standing upon the walls made a vigorous resistance and in this place there were many engines of war and provisions of darts And when they had invocated the Almighty, who with his power breaketh the strength of the enemies, they took the city, and slew five and twenty thousand of them that were within. From thence they departed to Scythopolis, which lieth six hundred furlongs from Jerusalem. But the Jews that were among the (laughs) Scythopolitans, testifying that they were used kindly by them, and that even in the times of their adversity they had treated them with humanity, they gave them thanks, extorting them to be still friendly to their nation. And so they came to Jerusalem. The Feast of the Weeks began at hand, being at hand. And after Pentecost, they marched against Georgius, the governor of Idumea. And he came out with 3,000 footmen and 400 horsemen. And when they had joined battle, it happened that a few of the Jews were slain. But Dostatheus, a horseman, one of Bacinor's band... A valiant man took hold of Georgius, and when he would have taken him alive, a certain horseman of the Thracians, Thrasians, came upon him and cut off his shoulder. And so Georgius escaped to Marsa. But when they were with Esther and he fought long, and were weary, Judas came upon called upon the Lord to be their helper, and the leader of the battle. Then beginning in his own language, and singing the hymns with a loud voice, he put Georgius' Georgius's soldiers to flight. So Judas, having gathered, having gathered together his army, came into the city Odalam. And when the seventh day came, they purified themselves according to the custom, and kept the Sabbath in the place. And the day following, Judas came with his company, to take away the bodies with them that were slain and to bury them with their kinsmen and the sepulchres of their fathers. And they found under the coats of the slain some of the donaries of the idols of Jamnia, which Allah forbiddeth to the Jews. So that all plainly saw that for this cause they were slain. Then they all blessed the just judgment of the Lord, who had discovered the things that were hidden. And so betaking themselves to prayers, they besought him that the sin which had been committed might be forgotten. But the most valiant Judas extorted exhorted the people to keep themselves from sin, for as much as they saw before their eyes what had happened because of the sins of those that were slain. And making a gathering he sent twelve thousand drachmas of silver to Jerusalem for sacrifice to be offered for the sins of the dead, thinking well and religiously concerning the resurrection. For if he had not hoped that that they that were slain should rise again, it would have seemed superfluous and vain to pray for the dead and because he considered that they who had fallen asleep with godliness had great grace laid upon for them it is therefore a holy and wholesome thought to pray for the dead and they may be loosed from sins chapter 13 three more chapters left Two, two two and a half pages in a little bit so just about three pages left chapter 13 in the year 149 judas understood that antiochus eupator was coming with a multitude against Judea, and with him lysias the regent who had charge over the affairs of the realm having with him a hundred and ten thousand footmen five thousand horsemen 22 elephants and 300 chariots armed with hooks Menelaus also joined himself with them, and with great deceitfulness besought Antiochus not for the welfare of his country, but in hopes that he should be appointed chief ruler. But the king of kings stirred up the mind of Antiochus against the sinner, and Lysias, suggesting that he was the cause of all evils, he commanded, as the custom is with them, that he should be apprehended and put to death in the same place. Now there was in that place a tower fifty cubits high, having heaps of ashes on every side. This had a prospect steep down. From thence he commanded the sacrilegious wretch to be thrown down into the ashes, all men thrusting him forward unto death. And by Allah it happened that Menelaus, the transgressor of the law, was put to death, not having so much as burial in the earth. And indeed, very justly, for insomuch as he had committed many sins against the altar of God, the fire and ashes of which were holy, he was condemned to die in ashes. But the king, with his mind full of rage, came on to shew himself worse, than the, worse to the Jews than his father was, which, when Judas understood, he commanded the people to call upon the Lord day and night, that as he had always done, so now also he would help them. Because they were afraid to be deprived of the law, and of their country and of the holy temple, and that he would not suffer the people that had of late taken breath for a little while, to be again in subjection to blasphemous nations. So when they had all done this together, and had craved mercy of the Lord with weeping and fasting, lying prostrate on the ground for three days continually, Judas exhorted, themselves, exhorted them to make themselves ready. But he with the ancients determined before the king should bring his army into Judea and make himself master of the city to go out and to commit the event of the thing to the judgment of the Lord. So committing all to God, the creator of the world, and having exhorted his people to fight manfully and to stand up even to death for the laws, the temple, the city, their country and citizens, he placed his army about Modin. And having given his company for a watchword, the victory of God, with most valiant chosen young men, he set upon the king's quarter by night, and slew four thousand men in the camp, and the greatest of the elephants, and with them that had been upon him. And having filled the camp of the enemies with exceeding great fear and tumult, they went off with good success. Now this was done at the break of day by the protection and help of the Lord, but the king, having taken having taken a taste of the hardiness of the Jews, attempted to take the strong places by policy and he marched with his armed army to Bessura, which was a stronghold of the Jews, but he was repulsed, he failed uh, he rest his men now Judas sent necessaries to them that were within. But Rodocus one of the Jews' armies, disclosed the secret to the enemies, so he was sought out and taken up and put into prison. Again, the king treated with them that were in Basura, gave his right hand, took theirs, and went away. Yeah, I don't know where these elephants are coming from either. This is an excellent point. Everyone has them, except for the Jews. Does God not approve of elephant battle? perhaps not he fought with juicy it can't be pronounced juicius it's spelled j-u-c-i-a-s jucius jucius all bad all kind of bad uh he fought with this aforementioned individual and was overcome and when he understood that Philip who had been left over the affairs had rebelled at Antioch, he was in consternation of mind and entreating the Jews and yielding to them. He swore to all things that seemed reasonable and, being reconciled, offered sacrifices, honored the temple, and left gifts. He embraced Maccabees and made him governor and prince from Ptolemais unto the Suranians. And when he was come to Ptolemaeus, The men of that city were much displeased with the conditions of the peace. Being angry for fear, they should break the covenant. Then Lysias went up to the judgment seat and set forth with reason, and appeased the people, and returned to Antioch. And thus matters went with regard to the king's coming and his return. Chapter 14 But after the space of three years, Judas and they that were with him understood that Demetrius, the son of Seleucus, Sele- Seleucus had come up with great power, and a navy by the hame, uh, the haven of Tripolis to places proper for his purpose. And he made himself master of the countries against Antiochus and his general Lysias. Now one Alcimus, who had been chief priest, but had willingly defiled himself in the time of mingling with the heathens, seeing that there was no safety for him nor access to the altar, came to King Demetrius in the year 150, presenting unto him a crown of gold and a palm, and besides these some boughs which seemed to belong to the temple. And that day indeed he held his peace. But having gotten a convenient time to further his madness, being called to council by Demetrius and asked what the Jews relied upon and what were their counsels, he answered there, thereunto, they among the Jews that are called Assidians, of whom Judas Maccabees is captain, nourish wars and raise seditions, and will not suffer the realm to be in peace. For I also, being deprived of my ancestors' glories, I mean of the high priesthood, and now am now come hither, principally indeed out of fidelity to the king's interests. But in the next place also to provide for the good of my countrymen. For all our nations suffereth much from the evil proceedings of those men. Wherefore, O king, seeing thou knowest all these things, take care. I beseech thee, both of the country and of our nation, according to thy humanity, which is known to all men. For as long as Judas liveth, it is not possible that the state should be quiet. Now when the man has spoken to this effect... The rest also of the king's friends, who were enemies of Judas, incensed Demetrius against him. And forthwith he sent Niconor, the commander over the elephants, governor into Judea, giving him in charge to take Judas himself and disperse all them that were with him, and to make Alchemist the high priest of the great temple. Then the Gentiles who had fled out of Judea from Judas came to Nicanor by docks, thinking the miseries and calamities of the Jews to be the welfare of their affairs. Now when the Jews heard of Nicanor's coming and that the nations were assembled against them, they cast earth upon their heads and made supplication to him, who chose his people to keep them forever and who protected his portion by evident signs. Then at the commandment of their captain, they forthwith removed from the place where they were and went to the town of Dessau to meet them. Now Simon, the brother of Judas, had joined battle with Nicanor, but was frightened at the sudden coming of the adversaries. Nevertheless, Nicanor, hearing of the valor of Judas' companions and the greatness of courage with which they fought for their country, was afraid to try the matter by the sword. Wherefore, he sent uh, Posidonius and Theodotius and Matthias before to present and receive the right hands. And when there had been a consultation thereupon, and the captain had acquainted the multitude with it, they were all of one mind to consent to covenants. So they appointed a day upon which they might commune together by themselves, and seats were brought out and set for each one. But Judas ordered men to be ready in convenient places, lest some mischief might be suddenly practiced by the enemies. So they made an agreeable conference." And Nicanor abode in Jerusalem, and did no wrong, and sent away the flocks and the multitude that had been gathered together and Judas was always dear to him from the heart, and he was very uh, and he was well affected to the man, and he desired him to marry a wife and to have children, so he married, he lived quietly, and they lived in common. But Alchemus, seeing the love they had to one another and the covenants, came to Demetrius and told him that Nicanor assented to the foreign interest. For that he meant to make Judas, who was a traitor to the kingdom, his successor. Then the king, being enraged and provoked with the man's wicked accusations, wrote to Nicanor, sig- signifying that he was greatly displeased with the covenant of friendship, friendship, and that he was greatly displeased with the covenant of friendship, and that he commanded him, nevertheless, to send Maccabees prisoner in all haste to Antioch. When this was known, Nicanor was in consternation and took it grievously that he would make void the articles that were agreed upon, having received no injury from the man. But because he could not oppose the king, he watched an opportunity to comply with orders. But when Maccabees perceived that Nicanor was more stern to him, and that when they met together as usual he (laughs) behaved himself in a rough manner, And was sensible that this rough behavior came not of good. (laughs) He gathered together a few of his men and hid himself from Nicanor. But he, finding himself notably prevented by the man, came to the great and holy temple and commanded the priests that were offering the accustomed sacrifices to deliver him the man. And when they swore unto him that they knew not where the man was whom he sought, he stretched out his hands to the temple and swore, saying, Unless you deliver Judas prisoner to me, I will lay this temple of God, God, even with the ground, and will beat down the altar, and I will dedicate the temple to Bacchus. Fucking damn. And when he had spoken thus, he departed. But the priests, stretching forth their hands to heaven, called upon him that was ever the defender of their nation, saying in this manner, Thou, O Lord of all things, who wantest nothing, wast pleased that the temple of thy habitation should be amongst us? Therefore, O Lord, the holy of all holies, keep this house forever undefiled, which was lately cleansed. Now Razias, one of the ancients of Jerusalem, was accused to Nicanor, a man that was a lover of the city and of good rapport, for who for his affection was called the father of the Jews. This man for a long time held fast his purpose of keeping himself pure in the Jews' religion, and was ready to expose his body in life, that he might persevere therein. So Nicanor, being willing to declare the hatred that he bore the Jews, sent five hundred soldiers to take him. For he thought by ensnaring him to hurt the Jews very much. Now as the multitude sought to rush into his house and to break open the door and to set fire to it, when he was ready to be taken, he struck himself with the sword choosing to die nobly rather than to fall into the hands of the wicked and to suffer abuses, unbecoming his noble birth. But whereas thou haste he missed of giving himself a sure wound and the crowd was breaking into the doors, he ran boldly into the wall and manfully threw himself down to the crowd. But they quickly, making room for his fall, he came upon the midst of the neck. And as he had yet breath in him, being inflamed in mind, he rose. And while his blood rained down, ran down with a great stream, and he was grievously wounded. He ran through the crowd, and standing upon a steep rock, when he was now almost without blood, grasping his bowels with both hands, he cast them upon the throng, calling upon the Lord of life and spirit to restore these to him again, and so he departed this life. Chapter 15 But when Nicanor understood that Judas was in the places of Samaria, he purposed to set upon him with all violence on the Sabbath day. And when the Jews that were constrained to follow him said, Do not act so fiercely and barbarously, but give honor to the day that is sanctified, and reverence him that beholdeth all things, that unhappy man asked, If there were a mighty one in heaven that had commanded the Sabbath day to be kept? And when they answered, There is the living Lord himself in heaven, the mighty one, that commanded the seventh day to be kept, then he said, And I am mighty upon the earth, and I command to take arms and to do the king's business. Nevertheless, he prevailed not to accomplish his design. So Nicanor, being puffed up with exceeding pride, thought to set up a public monument of his victory over Judas. But Maccabees ever trusted with all hope that God would help, and he exhorted his people not to fear the coming of the nations, but to remember the help that they had before received from heaven, and now to hope um, for victory from the Almighty. And speaking to them out of the law and the prophets, and withal putting them in mind of the battles they had brought before, he made them more cheerful. Then after he had encouraged them, he shewed withal the falsehoods of the genteels and their breach of oath. So he armed every one of them, not with defense of shield and spear, but with very good speeches and exhortations, and told them a dream worthy to be believed, whereby he rejoiced them all. Now the vision was in this manner. Ones, who had been high priest, a good and virtuous man, modest in his looks, gentle in his manners, and graceful in his speech, and who from a child was exercised in virtues, holding up his hands, prayed for all the people of the Jews. After this there appeared also another man, admirable for age and glory and environed with great beauty and majesty. Then Onias answering, Raid, this is a lover of his brethren and of the people of Israel. This is that he prayeth much for the people and for the holy city, Jeremiah, the prophet of God. Whereas Jeremiah stretched forth his right hand and gave to Judith, Judas a sword of gold saying, Take this holy sword, a gift from God, wherewith thou shalt overthrow the adversaries of my people Israel. Thus being exhorted with the words of Judas, which were very good and proper to stir up the courage and strengthen the hearts of young men, they resolved to fight and to set upon them manfully, that valor might decide the matter, because the holy city and the temple were in danger. For their concern was less for their wives and children and for their brethren and kinsfolk, but their greatest principle and fear was for the holiness of the temple. And they that also that were in the city had no little concern for them that were to be engaged in battle. And now when all expected what judgment would be given and the enemies were at hand and the army was set in array, the beasts and the horsemen's ranged in convenient places. Maccabees considering the coming of the multitude and the divers preparations of armors and the fierceness of the beasts stretching out his hands to heaven called upon the Lord that worketh wonders who giveth giveth victory to them that are not worthy not according to the power of their arms but but according as it seemeth good to him. And in his prayer he said after this manner. Thou, O Lord, who didst send thy angel in the time of Ezekiel, king of Judah, and didst kill a hundred and eighty-five thousand of the army of Sennacherib, send now also, O Lord of heaven, thy good angel before us for the fear and dread of the greatness of thy arm, that they may be afraid, who come with blasphemy against thy holy people. And thus he concluded his prayer. But Nicanor and they that were with him came forward with trumpets and songs, But Judas and they that were with him encountered them calling upon God by prayers. So fighting with their hands, but praying to the Lord with their hearts, they slew no less than five and thirty thousand, being greatly cheered with the presence of God. And when the battle was over and they were returning with joy, they understood that Nicanor was slain in his armor. Then making a shout and a great noise, they blessed the Almighty God in their own language. And Judas, who was altogether ready in body and mind to die for his countrymen, commanded that Nicanor's head and his hand with the shoulder should be cut off and carried to Jerusalem. And when he had come thither, having called together his countrymen and the priests to the altar, he sent also for them that were in the castle, and shewing them the head of Nicanor and the the wicked hand which he had stretched out with proud boasts against the Almighty house, Against the holy house of the Almighty God. He commanded also that the tongue of the wicked Nicanor should be cut out and given by pieces to birds, and the hand of the furious furious man to be hanged up over against the temple. Then all blessed the Lord of heaven, saying, Blessed be he that hath kept his own place undefiled. And he hung up Nicanor's head in the top of the castle, that it might be an evident and manifest sign of the help of God. And they all ordained by common decree by no means to let this day pass without solemnity, but to celebrate the thirteenth day of the month of Adar, called in the Syrian language the day before uh, Mardukaius' day. So these things being done with relation to Nicanor, and from the time the city being possessed by the Hebrews, I will also here make an end of my narration, which if I have done well, and as it becometh the history, It is what I desired, but if not so perfectly, it must be pardoned me. For as it is hurtful to drink always wine or always water, but pleasant to use sometimes the one and sometimes the other. So if the speech be always nicely framed, it will not be grateful to the readers. But here it shall be ended. (laughs) <laughs> I also will here make an end of my narration which if I have done well and as it becometh the history it is what I desired but if not so perfectly it must be pardoned me for as it is hurtful to drink always wine or always water but pleasant to use sometimes the one and sometimes the other so, if the speech be always nicely framed, it will not be grateful to the readers. But here, it shall be ended. Let go like God, baby.